Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we're in a wonderful book called Under His Influence, The Yielding Yielding to the Work of the Holy Spirit by Pastor Lloyd Pulley out of Calvary Chapel Old Bridge in New Jersey. Uh, great book, still available on Amazon and most Christian bookstores you can find. It has wonderful study questions at the end of it. So if you're doing it in a small group or even like we did, we did it as a summer series for our church and it worked out really well and uh, really sparked a lot of conversations, great conversations about the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that happens to us as a follower of Christ and, and who the Holy Spirit is. So in this chapter, we're actually going to be continuing chapter 4 as we look at the torrents of living water. Torrents of living water. So this is the first half of a two-part study. He shared that verse in Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 uh, through 34. It says, Therefore do not be anxious saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all but you seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all the things will be added to you therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself sufficient uh, for the day is its own trouble and so we talked about that last week and one of the things that that we do need to to understand is like if if we're going to depend on the Lord for our security, for our, just our, our every need, whether it's food, water, clothing, um, I, I honestly, I think what we do is we fail to recognize the spiritual need that we have. And that's what he was talking about. It's easy to look at the physical and the emotional. And we talked about that when we shared the verse in Mark chapter 12, verse 31 last week uh, on Sunday. The second is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And there is no greater commandment greater than these. And so there is no other commandment greater than these. The, the thing to remember about that is like you do love yourself. And the first thing you usually do when you wake up in the morning is you're dealing with your physical and your emotional side. And the spiritual side that needs to, to be, that's thirsty needs to be quenched as well. And so the question is, is how do you know if you're putting the kingdom of God first? And that's a question for all of us. As he talks about the, um, the Feast of Booths and how they're dependent when they were in the desert for, the, for their every meal, for their water. And, and uh, you know, if we're struggling with putting the, the God's kingdom for it's going to come out, we'll know. Uh, it says, when, when I need guidance to make decisions, where do I go first? Now, this is not in your book. This is something I was, when I, when I was looking at that, that 
that verse where it says in verse 33 of Matthew chapter 6, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God. What, what does that look like for you individually? To seek first the kingdom of God. See, a lot of times what happens is things fail, and then we seek first the kingdom of God. The thing you're supposed to do is seek first God's kingdom first, right? We need a building. It starts with prayer. You know, we can search all day long in the, in the paper. But it, God knows exactly what we can afford. God knows exactly what we need. And so we need to be praying for that. But are we going to seek first the kingdom of God? Or are we going to talk about needing the building until we're blue in the face? It's not going to help anything. But we do the same thing in our, in our own lives when things are going on in our own lives. Uh, we, we, we tend to seek the things of the world for answer, the world's perspective. And that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go to God for our, uh, our, our direction. And I love in 1 Kings chapter 17, uh, verses 1 through 7. I'll, I'll probably pick it up in, uh, there in verse 1. It says, Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tish, Tishbin and Gilead and said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom, uh, whom I stand, there, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. And this is very important here. Because this is where a lot of us would check out and try to figure things out on our own. In verse 2 it says, And the word of the Lord came to him, Depart from here and turn eastward, and head yourself by the brook of Cherith, which is east of the Jordan, and you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Right? No. A lot of us would be like, this is not how I would deal with this. There's no rain. There's no water. I need to get jugs. I need to try to track water. Now, no, God is telling them this is where you're going to go. There's a brook where you can drink. I'm going to feed you with ravens. And the thing that's really crazy about this is ravens were considered unclean. So God is allowing him to, to, to be fed by an unclean bird, which they, they wouldn't have anything to do with. But God said. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. This is where most of us struggle. You're not doing what, what is according to the word of the Lord. You're doing what is according to you. And the emotional and the physical side. And not the spiritual. He did exactly what God had told him to do. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning. And bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And after a while the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. And what does God do? God moves them on. This is the first Uber Eats done by a bird, right? God provided. This is where you go. This is where the food will be. It's, it, we have to be obedient. So seeking first the kingdom of God requires obedience in the word of God. And we pick up the story as it picks up in uh, verse 12 in First uh, Kings chapter 17. It says, And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in the jar and a little oil in a jug. So God sends them here uh, to the widow and her son. And, I, I, and now I'm gathering the couple of sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. They didn't have anything else. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make a little cake of it 
and bring it to me, and afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, The jar of flour shall not, not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said. Now, none of that makes sense. You're fixing to have your last meal and die. And he's saying, you, you won't run out of oil and flour until the rain hits the earth. But again, are you going to trust that? Because this is God's wisdom, not ours. This is the way God does things, not the way we do them. And she went and did what Elijah said, and she and her whole household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that has, uh, he had spoke by Elijah. So God took care of the widow and the son and Elijah. But are you going to trust God to do the same for you? Because living according to the will of God is depending on the Holy Spirit. And that comes back to living the greatest commandment. We talked about this week. In Mark chapter 12, verse 30 and 31, it says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other, great, no other commandment greater than these. The other thing that happens and the reason we don't put God first is we have too much idolatry in our lives. Too many things that need to go away that are not of God. In 1 John chapter 5, verses 20 and 21 says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true and His Son Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourself from idols. Now, he's not talking little kids. He's talking us. We're his children. And the thing is, is we pursue imitations, false gods, instead of seeking God first. We allow these things of the world to, to become a false god in our life. And it becomes idolatry. Putting God first means that we strive to follow in Jesus' steps. Alright, so one of the things we do need to do is we need to strive to follow Jesus' steps. This is important for us to do. But in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, it says, for, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. So the example that we are to be are, is to be like Christ. So if we're putting the kingdom of God first, that means that we are doing the things that Jesus did by words, action, and doctrine. Jesus glorified God in every detail of his life, and we should be doing the same. That's why it says in Luke chapter 22, verse 42, it's saying, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Let me tell you, we're in a, in a, in a place of our society where there is going to be suffering. Um... And, and you need to be, be willing to handle what's coming and still be ready to follow in the steps of Christ. I'm afraid that, that some, we've already seen a great falling away. Uh, and, and I think the, the herd is being thinned out more, unfortunately. We've seen so many people just fall away from God. We've seen so many people that have just pulled off to things that are not of God. But for us, one of the things I'm praying is, look, I, I don't know what you're going through tonight, but seek first the kingdom of God. There's obedience and blessing in that. It's, it's one of those things that, that 
people struggle with and and you know when we put the kingdom of god first that means that our our, our god is not getting our leftovers and, and too many cases instead of god getting our first fruits he's getting our leftovers our time our talent our treasure our leftover even in our personal relationship he's getting our leftovers and and, and understanding that we live a moment by moment life of of selfless service to god and that 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 is from us obeying and trusting him and putting god above all else and so as we yield control we experience the rivers of living water you have to give up that control and that's where so many people struggle is they're not willing to 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 trust that god's got this because you look at your problem being bigger than god and that's where we we mess up you talked about the the feast of the tabernacles and uh when they had the feast of the tabernacles we kind of went over this when we were in um in in nehemiah as they would celebrate the feast of tabernacles which was a way that they would celebrate um, how god took care of them in the desert and they would live in temporary houses made out of out of palms um and and to remind them that the the water came from the rock that god provided and there's a video i i showed it to or school of ministry and it's they don't allow <clears throat> people to to uh to see it it's actually covered by the saudi arabia and the rock is split there's a big split and you can see where the river ran down there's there's riding on the it's and it's it's because it's holy ground not holy ground of jesus or holy ground of god it's holy ground because it's muslim and they don't want nobody around it. And if they catch you around there, they chase you off with guns. And uh, But there is the rock that was split, and they believe it's in that same area. Um, but one of the things in the feast, Jesus stands up and says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me. Right? And he said, Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So Jesus yields our lives to his control and we experience the holy spirit through rivers of living water and that passage in john it's it's two reasons because the day jesus chose to make this statement the apostle john said it was the last and the greatest day of the feast and we'll talk about that and then the other thing was it's the first time jesus ever spoke about the new relationship with followers having uh, the holy spirit remember now the holy spirit at this point and the Old Testament is something that came upon you and could be taken from you. So if you think about King Saul, it came upon King Saul and it was removed because he was disobedient to God. When we receive the Holy Spirit, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. It remains in you. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And that's what Jesus is talking about on the last day of the Feast of the Tabernacles. He's, he's introducing it and talking about it. And so, um, just remember that the Feast of the Tabernacles, it symbolizes the power and the presence of God. Um, the men of Israel would actually build temporary shelters for their families out of palm branches. And, and it was to represent the time that they lived in exile in the desert. In the book of Nehemiah, we remember they, they were reading the book of Nehemiah. And, and uh, when they all gathered together for the word of God, and this is what's beautiful about that book, in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 13, 
It said, On the second day, the heads of the fathers of all the people, the priests and the Levites, came together to Ezra and the scribe in order to study the word, words of the law. And they found it written in the law that the Lord has commanded by Moses that the people of Israel should dwell in booths during the feast of the seventh month, and that they should proclaim it and publish it in, their, in all their towns in Jerusalem. Go out to the hills, bring branches of, the, uh, of olive and wild olive, uh, myrtle, palm, and other leafy trees to make booths as it is written. So the people went out and brought them and made booths for themselves, each on its roof and in their courts, in the courts of the house of God, in the square at the water gate and at the square at the gate of Ephraim. And it's important for us to understand one of the things they were doing is the head of the fathers, they had already read the word of God, and they were coming together on the second day. On the second day to read the word of God, they read about the Feast of Booths, and guess what they do? They do what God's word says to do. They actually do it. And it's not just, and I, I love this verse because men, you're the head, of, the head of the fathers came together to study the word of God. It's important for y'all to be in God's word. Actually do what, what God's word says. So they were being faithful to God. And it's important for us to remember they were making temporal, temporal homes. Remember what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. It says, These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on this earth. This is not your home. Okay? This is important to understand. This is not your home. We get too comfortable, right? We want to have the best things, the best car, but this is not home your home is in heaven there's nothing wrong with having stuff but i think when the stuff has a hold of us that's the problem i remember the first time we got our car brand new car to us it was brand new um nice and it was nice and clean tires we just got it off the lot got home and a bird right on the windshield as soon as we got home and to me it was god's way of reminding me hey this is nothing that you shouldn't let this thing have a hold of you. It's nice that you have a van. It's cool. It wasn't this van. It was a couple of vans ago. But it was like all of a sudden, it was like, boom, big old, right on the windshield. And it was just like a reminder, hey, this is going to get burned up. Keep a light touch on it. We used to have a guy that would wash his car every day when I lived at Fort Knox. Sometimes twice a day. He spent more time on the car than he did with his wife. That car had become an idol to him. I had I I don't, I, I, I don't never remember seeing that car dirty. Out of all the times I, I knew that guy, I'm telling you, every time he would see him, he'd be out there washing the car. But remember, this is not your home. This is not your home, and and that's why these temporal homes that they were making during the feast of the of the tabernacle, or the feast of booths, is is important for us to remember that these were temporal homes that were being made and for us we are not this is not where you're gonna you're gonna spend eternity right i mean when we go down to when we go to the men's retreat we drive down to camp buckner and you see these million dollar homes on the lake three four stories high beautiful but they're not taking it with them not a, not a piece of it and we got people in in kentucky that are trying to figure out where food's coming from tonight you see where our, our, our 
sometimes our, our thought process is wrong, even as, as Christian. So one of the things they did talk about is the water gate. And there was actually a ceremony that they would do. They would actually fill a golden pitcher uh, with the water from the pool of Shalom or Siloam. And, uh, and they would walk it down as the trumpets would blast and the people were chanting and praising God. In Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3, it says, With joy you will draw water from the well of, wells of salvation. So it's a very uh, dramatic scene. But it's the same scene to remind us that they have to do this every day. They have to fill the pitcher every day. And what, what Lloyd Pulley is talking about in this book is torrents of living water. Rivers of living water. Not something that you have to fill up and pour every day. We look at Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 17. It says, And the assembly of those who had returned from the captivity made booths and lived in the booths from far of the days of Jeshua, the son of Nun. To that day the people of Israel had not done so. And there was very, uh, very great rejoicing. And day by day, for the first day to the last day, he read from the book of the law, and they kept the feast seven days. And on the eighth day there was solemn assembly according to the rule. I love that because everyone came out as he read the word of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, it's a, a reminder of the desert journey for those 40 years. And all drank the spiritual drink from that drink from the spiritual rock that followed them. The rock was Jesus. And that's why he says in verse 38, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So the question you have to ask yourself is, do you feel spiritually dry tonight? He's the rock. He's the one that supplies. It's Jesus. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 17, it says, These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Their, their most pressing need was water. They were in a desert. Anybody who's been in the desert, that is your most pressing need. And God provided for them in a miraculous way. But he also wants to provide for you. But if anyone is thirsty, you come to me. And what happens is, is what we'll do is we'll do religious activities. We do those on Sunday and Wednesday, right? And so we're, we're filling up our pitcher. It's not what you're supposed to be doing. It's, it's seven days a week. The rivers of, of the torrents of living water is pouring out of you. But you're over there trying to fill up your pitcher like the Feast of Booth each day. Just get enough water to make it through the day. And we can do religious activities and feel like we're spiritual, but it doesn't satisfy your thirst. Only God can do that. It's the problem is the church has spent so much time trying to entertain and, and put on all these productions and, and, and bring in worldly thinking. And it's, it's destroying the church because there's no torrents of living water. We're afraid of the Holy Spirit. Calvary Chapel has gotten away from this. And this is something they need to get back to. We, we were a, a movement led by the Holy Spirit. And, and we've gotten too caught up in all the pomp and circumstance of how do we grow churches and how do we do marketing and no. You know how, it, how a church grows? Is you following the kingdom of God first you taking the steps to follow what Christ did and being obedient to God and doing things God called you to do and you're being Christ-like 
and those torrents of living water that are pouring and flowing out of you, they start providing thirst for other people around you. And they want to know where you're getting that from. Everybody told the woman at the well, I, I have water that you'll never, you'll never be thirsty again. But we, we have to remember, you know, we are, we're, we're not supposed to be so focused on our, our, our physical and emotional, but the spiritual. Isaiah 64, 6 says, We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like uh, polluted garment. We all fade like leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us all away. Your righteous deeds are, and mine, polluted garments. You're not that important. I can be replaced tomorrow. God can put somebody else in here tomorrow. If I'm not being dependent on the, the Holy Spirit, I don't need to be here. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light and you'll find it. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed today's broadcast. If you'd like to give to this ministry, uh, what I would always suggest is give to this radio station. It's because of this radio station that we have great expository teachers uh, for you, and I would say uh, make that donation to them. I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful day. God bless you. Remember, you can find us at calvarydivine.org. calvarydivine.org. God bless you.